right? You know, we're constantly hearing shit about like, this thing is artificial intelligence. This thing is automated. But we know, good Team K listeners, especially you, our comrade subscribers, know that there's all kinds of fucking people hidden within these machines, thrown into the gears of these machines, being crunched up. I'm thinking of uh, that like really famous scene from Charlie Chaplin's Modern Times, uh, which is, you know, it's a fucking silent movie from like the 20s or 30s or whatever, but it's fucking good. And it's, it's I, I would highly recommend, it's on YouTube. I would highly recommend just like watching it. Just have it on while you're like listening to a podcast, maybe TMK, because it's silent. So you can do that. Right. Uh, <laughs> like the way that he, this scene in, in modern times, Charlie Chaplin is working in an industrial factory. And it's really about the ways in which like, He's turned into a robot through the machinery and through management, kind of like constantly doing speed ups, uh, monitoring him, right? It's all this Taylorism shit. And there's a scene in the movie where he's actually like pulled into the gears of this giant machine. And you see him like just getting like pushed through and crunched by these cogs and these gears kind of like rolling over his body. And I fucking love that because it's like, that's a really great visual metaphor for the ways in which like these machines suck people into them, but then hide all of that labor, all of that work and all that misery that happens that actually makes the thing do what, what it's meant to do. That actually makes it work in some way. Right. You know, I like to think of it as like a sacrifice, you know, where it's just certain people are being offered up. They're being offered up for the, to stabilize the system, to make it appear smart, to provide convenience, to in one way or another make you know the status quo move along smoothly so the world doesn't end. I mean, the world's not going to end if the invisible ghost labor ends, but this specific world, which you know provides a certain amount of convenience and like this or that personal good or service, and you know uh, is mainly mediated by gig work, you know, digital platforms and targeted you know targeted surveillance. Like that world would collapse, and whether or not we want that world to collapse doesn't really matter. The the decision making behind the political economy of how to construct and how to preserve the world. It's all about like whether the people who benefit from it, right? You know, tech investors, billionaires, uh, CEOs, you know, sometimes regulators and so on and so forth benefit from it and whether or not they can figure out some way to convince us to like, you know, come along with the sacrifice of these skills workers. All, all the people on our enemies list. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The top three thousand of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I, I love this 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 way of talking about it as a sacrifice because that really is what it is, right? Like it's it's a sacrifice, and also because it's like it happens through this mystification, right? There's a kind of like magical element, like you know, your food delivery app just magically brings you the food, right? You click a couple buttons on it, and it just brings you the food. Uh, you you order something from Amazon one or two days later it just magically appears at your door right like man like th th this shit is like magic you know it's that famous um quote by uh andrew c clark you know the sci-fi writer who was like any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic and i hear so many people uh talk about it in this way like there's this this guy at the mit media lab i'm blanking on his name but it really doesn't matter but he wrote this book called enchanted objects and it's it's like his ode 
to the internet of things uh, about how these things are actually like, they're like these magical enchantments that give us like superpowers and they cast spells over our lives that improve our lives. And, and, and I hate that way of talking about these technologies as like magical enchantments or things that like give us superpowers. Like it's fucking Fantasia, right? Like we're just Mickey mouse dancing around with the brooms and shit, right? Waving our magic wands as Jeremy is doing in the, in the video chat right now. And I hate that because it is a way of mystifying all of the inputs, all of the labor and the materials, but also all of the outputs, all of the externalities and consequences that, that, that make these things appear like magic. It's this fucking Disneyfication of technology. There's this really nice point that George Orwell makes in preface, in in a preface to an older edition of Animal Farm, where he talks about how it just doesn't suit. um, You know, he's talking about the Soviet Union, but it doesn't suit, you know, elites and and Western countries to just say certain things that are truisms about the system because it undermines the legitimacy of it. And I think about how, you know, in our political economy, it doesn't suit. And gets annoying and there are ways to get people and discourage them from constantly saying like, okay, like all of our technical devices are built on mass misery and suffering and slavery at pain of death and, and dismemberment and, you know, disfigurement in mines, in uh, factories, in uh, the, you know, the pools of sludge and toxic waste that are byproducts of the rare earth metal mining. You know, all of this we, is stuff that we know and is like an unappealing narrative to constantly hammer in. And so a lot of energy goes into talking about how, you know, the mystical elements, like, look, you know, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the smart city. You know, let's talk about the, the wonderful things that we can do with uh, these, you know, products of uh, death and suffering. We can make your fridge talk to you. You know, we can make your fridge talk to your toaster. We can lock you out of them if you try to modify the, the hardware on the underlying level, right? But it's just, you know, like, the mystification of it makes it fun because the alternative is like to talk about how it's actually like a massive spinning wheel of death that a lot of people are implicated in um, for one reason or another. You know, not so much like the the move then is to stop consuming, right? But that it makes it that much harder to undermine the system and to figure out alternatives if it's never even thought about in the first place. And all we're talking about as you know the culture encourages us to do is like how fantastical our tech can be can we shave off like 90 percent of your daily commuters can we shave off 95 percent of it can we reduce car ownership or can we you know integrate it into like a, a system of private you know on-demand ride hails can we you know give you two-day shipping or can we give you one-day shipping you know stuff like that instead of like how do we just make an ecosystem or uh, or social system and a political system that doesn't require a priori like hordes of people that be killed or sacrificed or offered up i mean i I feel like this is this gets us nicely to the kind of like concepts that we wanted to talk about as well right so because it's it's not new 
it's not like a new feature of capitalism uh, that like, you know, machineries and systems and technologies, uh, not only like technologies in, in, in the kind of like mechanical sense, but also in this like, like bureaucratic and organizational sense, right? Like something like Amazon, right? Like, like the Amazon warehouse logistics system. Yeah, it's a technology and there's a lot of technology involved in those warehouses, but like the real technology of mystification there is, is the organization of logistics, the way that it's designed to hide all of the, the human misery that goes into making it work. Once we peel back that layer of mystification and we actually like look into the black box of the Amazon warehouse and see the people uh, being like tortured inside it, right? Then all of a sudden we're like, oh shit, like th- this, this, this is, this is kind of bad. Uh, not, not really into this. Um, you know, Amazon is suddenly not the most trusted institution in the United States like it was even a few years ago. What that shows us is that all of that work into mystifying the human inputs does a lot of ideological labor for capital, for these companies. I feel like this is becoming more clear to people now, but it's not something that is just hasn't been clear before. People are just kind of like waking up to it. They're kind of realizing what's going on. I'm thinking in particular of, of an essay I wrote a, a few years ago Yo, way back in 2018, oh, <laughs> eons ago, a different time period, a different epoch yeah, in human history. We had a different <laughs> pandemic that we were worrying, uh, worrying about, which was none. You know, different time, different time, different time. Uh, but so, like, I wrote this essay for Real Life Magazine called Potemkin AI, talking about the ways in which, like, artificial intelligence systems are for the most part, a Potemkin village, right? It's like, it's this facade. AI is a facade that's put up to make us think like, wow, this thing is so advanced. It's so intelligent. It's so automated. It's it's doing all this stuff without people. Uh, but, but we have to realize that like, what that does and what this term Potemkin AI is meant to be is, is this kind of like analytical label to help us understand the actually existing practices and promises of the technology sector and the ways that the condition and, and the conditions of workers that make these systems actually function, right? Like we have to, we have to take away that Potemkin facade, that village that was erected there to fool us. Right. It is meant to fool us into thinking that this thing is is AI when in, in reality it's just it's supposedly AI. It's AI as a marketing ploy. 